All right, everyone, listeners out there and viewers, welcome back to another video cast and podcast of Life People in the Pursuit of Art. I have with me Dominic Greco, Geico, uh, today. <laughs> so thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, this is cool. Is this your second season? Yeah. Uh, how many people have you recorded for season two on Zoom? Um, this will be my second. Cool. So still, still working out some of the technical issues, as you I know. But, but yeah, so where's your eye line? So <laughs> my my laptop's camera is on the bottom of the screen. Oh, really? Okay. If I'm typing, you'd see that, which thank God it won't be. But uh, okay. so my eye line would be there, but I'm, I'm looking at you. Oh, okay. But I guess I could look at the little dot. Look at the little dot. Unless that's too challenging, then you can just look wherever you want. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll try to be consistent, but okay. whatever you say, director. <laughs> okay. Um, so first off, you know, with these podcasts, I just want to have you take the time to just introduce yourself to the viewers and listeners as who Dominic Geico is. Dominic, Dominic Greco, Greco, Dominic Greco. Who, I, who am I in what sense? Um, well, who, who is Dominic Greco? What is he about? What does he do for a living uh-huh. and anything that you would want people to know or not know? <laughs> okay. So here's the list of things I don't want you to know. I have one large, massive nipple on my back. It's true. Um, yes. No, I, uh, geez, I never know where to start with these. And it's, it's important, I think, especially in networking to know how to introduce yourself. But I think that I'm, uh, I, when I started coming into like becoming like a young adult, I really wanted to be this idea of a Renaissance man because uh, okay. I was a big fan of like Leonardo da Vinci and I, that's what I thought I wanted to be. So I really prided, prided myself on having, being able to, I was like good at a lot of, I was good at a lot of things, but not like great at a lot of things. So I was like good at math and science and, and reading and I was involved in sports and I liked acting and singing. And so it was like, uh, I, I think I was just trying to put all of this stuff on the resume on paper and then I got into adulthood and I was exhausted as a person. So I think now I'm kind of settling into, um, uh, I like, I like working a lot, but it's because I, I get to do things that I love. Mm-hmm. Um, I love, I know what, I mean, no one doesn't love music, but I love, um, that's one of my favorite things to do is just like either make music with friends or watch music videos and be stupid with some alcohol. Uh, I, I'm a big uh, proponent of sustainability in the environment. Uh, I went to school for environmental engineering and had a minor in environmental science. So when I'm not making art, um, I like to make sure that I'm doing my part. And when it comes to like the, you know, the, the products I'm buying, are they sustainable? Am I supporting the right companies, whether it's, you know, skincare or food or pa- any general packaging, um, mm-hmm. uh, try and practice what I preach. Um, I like food. I don't know. <laughs> I don't really know how to talk. That's so specific. Food. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So, um, tell me how you got into acting. Uh, yeah, so I, uh, growing up, I was, I didn't know this until I was older and I could kind of identify it, but I was, um, when I, when I met people, I was really shy and, um, I, 
had in, insane like social, what I would call now like social anxiety, essentially like stage fright meeting new people. But once I opened up, I love to entertain. I love to tell stories. I love to perform. And so it was hard to hear people talk about me when I was a kid and be like, oh, Dominic, he's, he's crazy. He's outgoing. But like when people would first meet me, I would, I would shut off. So mm-hmm. it was really difficult um, when I was getting, uh, as I was, you know, in like the elementary school, middle school area, my parents were really pushing me to do both soccer mm-hmm. and uh, musical theater. Okay. Um, because they knew I liked to sing and all that jazz, but I was terrified of auditions. And so uh, in middle school, I was, I was like, I hit that point where I was like, I started to think of myself as an adult, even though you're not. And I was like, I got to make a decision. Am I going to do like computer science or engineering, or am I going to do, you know, acting and music? And so I chose computer science engineering um, because I was terrified of, of not being perfect um, mm-hmm. on stage. I didn't really do any, TV film stuff when I was younger. So it was mostly stage stuff, Um, but I really missed it. And I missed, and then I gave up chorus and I really missed that. So I had this big chunk of my life where I was focusing on what I was going to be as an adult. And I was taking, you know, more computer classes and just trying to be like the straight A student. And I got to college and I absolutely like crashed. I was, I became depressed and I was drinking a lot. um, And I, uh, I wasn't happy. And so I had a friend who was in an acapella group and he was like, you should come check us out. I think, you know, I've heard you singing around the quad and (laughs) you might want to audition. And so I saw them, they were fun. And then I auditioned and got a part of it and I, and I became obsessed with the group. So um, I was getting to sing, I was getting to be creative. I was getting to perform and I stopped caring as much about being perfect and making mistakes. And it was this great outlet that saved me while I finished my degree. And then when I was graduating, uh, I got, I, ha- I, ha- I had one semester left and I wasn't doing the acapella group cause I needed to finish up an engineering project. And I had a really rough summer. I graduated in December. Um, I had like one extra semester with engineering. And, uh, so okay. the summer before that I was contemplating like, what am I going to do when I graduate? What am I doing with my life? What do I care about? Do mm-hmm. I really want to do engineering? And I got really, <laughs> got really drunk one night. Uh, and I woke up the next day and was like, Whew, I don't really know what happened, but I remember Googling a lot of um, stuff about like acting and music and like, what could I do right now in Raleigh, North Carolina, where I was. And I got a call from someone that said, Hey, we heard you were interested in acting or something. And I was mm-hmm. like, I don't know who this person is. I don't know what they're talking about. I don't remember applying. So I was like, I don't know what this is. I'm not really interested. And I got off the phone and I was like, I don't, know if I just passed up on an opportunity for like an agent or classes or what, but um, let me go on a run and run off this hangover. (laughs) And if I come back from the run and I want to do it, I'm going to, you know, shower and go into this audition thing. Mm -hmm. And if I am against it, then I'm going to move on from it and figure something else out, but let it go, not beat myself up about it. Right. And I went on a run and I was like, I have nothing to lose. Like I, I'm so tired of being so worried about being, judge because it's you know how it is like you you beat yourself up in your head way more than you not only need to but maybe more than is appropriate for any situation right and so i went to that audition uh and it was basically like you know if you're prepared you can be a part of this um agency otherwise if we see something in you you can join this school it was like an acting modeling school so Mm -hmm. i did it i joined it and i uh, was balancing that in the last year of engineering with my capstone engineering project. 
And I graduated from that. And then a couple weeks later, sorry, I graduated from NC State. A couple weeks later, graduated from this acting modeling school. And then um, everything I learned in that school was a foundation for just understanding what you need to be a part of this business, what to expect, how to audition, how to prepare okay. for an audition. What what is a what is the difference between you know a, a professional resume and an actor's resume, and mm-hmm. and um, there's just all the things you need, right? Even That's the awesome. idea of like skincare, like all of the stuff that I needed to to do. And so hmm. uh, I got an agent from that and was uh, working on like some remote auditions for sh- for stuff that was on TV, and I was really excited. Uh, and I moved to Atlanta because it was a big scene. Mm-hmm. for music and acting that was uh, this was like 2000 third uh end of 2013 and then um i i joined this uh singing competition that i was a part of and i was focusing mostly on music mm-hmm. and uh for a couple years and then my guitarist that i was starting to like really like um, we had a really great connection and we were working a lot together and it felt like he was like my guitarist. He moved to Arizona and I, oh, shoot. And I was like, I can't like, it feels weird to audition people. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. to be my guitarist. Cause they're also kind of auditioning you. Like right. why should I want to work with you as a vocalist and what's your brand and are we going to make money from this? And so I just felt too much pressure in that. And all the while I was, I was working a you know, full-time job and, balancing auditions with acting but mostly doing music so i took a little break and i realized i had this background in in acting kind of not like i went to school for it but you know what i mean i took some classes and i was like i have nothing to lose i'm just so sick of like being like half ass in each of the worlds that i was a part of Mm -hmm. so i stopped music for a minute and just started plowing through auditions had a really miserable experience with a, an agent where they shut down their company and didn't tell me. And so I like missed out on a year's worth of jobs because my online profile was connected. So I was still auditioning for stuff. Oh, wow. My profile was connected to this online thing that was connected to that agent. And so it was going to nothing. And so finally this person reached out to me. It was this little like student film, um, uh, and they said, I know this is a professional to reach out to you on Facebook, but um, we really liked your audition and we can't get a hold of your agent. And that one message like kind of saved me and got the ball rolling because it made me realize that I was complacent and like, well, I guess my, I was, I'd like left tons of voicemails and like called her and, and texted her and emailed her. And I was like, she must be really busy. <laughs> but it was like, no, that's really disrespectful to like, to never respond to someone for months and months. She didn't exist anymore, basically. Uh, but she couldn't so, at least call you back despite all of that. So no, I think what happened was like, it, it was a, I called and left a voicemail. Uh-huh. Called again, left a voicemail. Called again, the voicemail box was full. Called again, the number was shut down. I talked to an, someone from a, that I knew that was like a good contact for this stuff. Uh-huh. And she was like, oh, honey, they shut down. <laughs> so, so it was a work number, right? What? It was a work number? I assume. I mean, I, it was okay. a cell phone and I'm assuming it was work because, yeah, because then the number was disconnected. The, okay. the woman still exists, I, I'm sure, somewhere. I'll find her one day. And- she got deleted with the job. It was, it was so frustrating. And, and looking back, I wasted so much time, like just ho- hoping, waiting, wishing. And I learned a yeah. lot from that because it made me realize sometimes you just got to go for it, whatever it is. And if you're not getting responses from people and you're, you've kind of followed up, you just have to move on and not take it personally because it could be that that person's not interested. It could be that the agency shut down, which right. I think they should have let me know. I didn't get a single email or anything anyway. So I ended up 
kind of representing myself and just doing a lot of independent stuff from there and mm-hmm. just uh, was getting as much work as I could. And uh, yeah, from there, I, I quit my, my, this job I was at the startup company and just started focusing more on like revamping everything online, redoing my headshots, redoing, mm-hmm. you know, resume and just trying to like be a little bit more professional about it. Yeah. And, uh, and so it was like, it was this weird up and down process from, you know, I was interested when I was younger to taking a long break to like getting an engineering degree and then leaving it and then doing music and then going back into acting. And now I'm kind of balancing those worlds mm-hmm. um, by doing, I do music every now and then. And I, you know, still writing songs and I have a friend that I'm working on, you know, a comedy country character with for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, then, you know, any, any acting, well, right now, uh, pretty much the only thing you can do in acting is voiceover work. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so that's, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a long winded way of saying how I got into it, but it wasn't just like, I've been doing it my whole life. You know, I, I, mm-hmm. I struggled with, is this realistic? Yeah. And I feel yeah. like, I feel like anyone does when they first start out on a new path, you know, when they don't have things figured out, they're like, oh man, this is even worth my time. Like, you know, yeah. and nice. I was constantly comparing myself to every single person, whether they mm-hmm. were like, tangible or in my network like someone that i know right. or freaking jennifer lawrence and just being like well <laughs> well this person you know they they have they went to actually tv and film school or they went to theater school or they and it, it constantly you can always find someone whose resume looks better than yours or right. who you think that helps them but it doesn't necessarily make them a better actor it, it can right but maybe also, on pa- maybe on paper yeah and the other thing is like I, I, I actually, throughout that course, started uh, teaching for the company that I, I, I got my little, I did the program for. I started teaching for mm-hmm. them in the Atlanta office. Mm-hmm. And I was even telling my kids things that I also needed to remind myself, which was that, you know, there could be 10 people who are a better actor than you, but you might just have the look and they might just mold you a little bit or work with you in rehearsals. But, right. you know, I've every job that I've had an audition for, <laughs> pretty much every job I've had an audition for that was like a, a show that I could see on TV or something like that. Mm-hmm. When I looked at who got the part, it was always a tall, skinny, blonde guy. And I'm a short kind of like square, what's it? SpongeBob square pants, body brown-headed <laughs> <What> guy. <laughs> so, so um, I had to just kind of, but, but I, I'm, I'm fortunate too in that. Like I love auditions. I do not get sick of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, don't, I, do, I mean, I'm nervous, but I, I like them. I have fun in them because I, if you kind of go in viewing them like workshops, you get more out of it and then you right. can kind of let it go. And if you get it, you get it. If you don't, you move on and you're mm-hmm. not stressed about it. So, yeah. Yeah. True. Have you um, submitted for any voiceover work during yeah, this process? I've, I've done a little bit. I did um, in the past couple of years, even before the, all this stuff that's happening currently with COVID-19, I had done something for like little projects. Um, some were student project. One was a, just like an indie film. They needed to voiceover like just a guy that happened to be on the other end of a phone call. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hadn't, I, most of it was like at home stuff, nothing okay. like where you're going into a studio and doing feature right. length. Um, and then I've recently been submitting to a lot of like commercially uh, voiceover work. And, and that's, and see, that's another area where I've started to just let myself, I forgive my, mm, not forgive myself, but I'm, I'm not beating myself up for not having the background training. Like I don't have a voiceover reel. I don't have a voiceover agent. I don't, and I'm still working it out. But I, every time I do another project or am working on even auditions, I'm learning a little bit more going, Oh, this is how I could have done that better. 
Right. Uh, yeah. And so it's, it's, I'm, I'm in a much healthier mental place, I think with it, where I'm not afraid to, to just go for it. Even if I don't feel like I fit the part, I think that's been one of the things that's helped me get jobs is that it's kind of like when you're, it's kind of like a seed analogy, when you're spreading grass seed, you spread more, not every seed is going to germinate, right. But you have to spread right. a bunch so that the small amount that do germinate, you know, that you have more statistically, you have more chances of getting the grass seed in, in this grassy the met- metaphor it's right jobs what yeah. kind of grass fescue tall fescue. <laughs> <laughs> i've been doing a lot of yard work in this quarantine okay. so i actually earlier was out there spreading more grass seed and i'm like okay after the podcast i need to uh i need to water everything keep it nice and moist and then i'm going to go teach my class and then i'm going to work outside and test the soil yeah I'm, i've got the time so <laughs> yeah we uh we're, we have a lot of yard work we um we have so many like English ivy plants. Do you like, like that? No, yeah. because there's so many. And then the problem is the people's house behind us, I think was like va- vacant for probably six months to a year. Yeah. And like, it's so overgrown and like that stuff is just the vines and stuff are just like coming through the fence and like infiltrating our backyard. Like, um, what kind of fence do you have? Just a metal chain link. Yeah. 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 That's a pain. Um, and then, so we have a metal chain linked on two thirds of the backyard. And then one side has like this old ass, like rotting wooden fence that we also have to fix. And like towards the back, like a section of it is like falling over. So we had to buy like a two by four, have Home Depot cut it in half, prop that against with like some center blocks. And I can't even tell you that the stuff that we found in the yard, we found like beer bottles, car axles, like you name it. Basically the junkyard was from the previous owners. So I think, I think that that Atlanta in some of the like inner city neighborhoods, I think it's because the, the last, the last two houses I, I lived at where I was renting, <clears throat> I did a lot of yard work too. And I was, I would find like full like bathroom tiles. Yeah. Uh, and, Same. and, and like you said, like beer bottles and like ran, obviously like nails and random. I found, and the last place I was, I found like a children's toy, oh, uh, a, like an old umbrella, an entire like shirt was just buried there. Yeah. The other day I found like a mo- a motorcycle license tag, like the plate on the back of the motor. It was in the, you know. The, oh, that's like kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, um at, at, at first I was like, that's kind of exciting. And then now I'm like, please, God, I don't want to dig up anything else. I just want right. to rest. But yeah. yeah it's, that's, that keeps me busy when I'm not. Oh, man. Same. When I'm feeling unemployed. Yeah. Let me, um, I don't know if I can. I mean, I'm sure I can. Hold on. I might just have to share with these personally, um, but I've been kind of documenting Megan's journey through this whole process, and I have some very uh, interesting videos from her, her, like working from home. Yeah, so she works for Fulton <laughs> County, and so they just right. they initially gave her thirty days of at work home, and they just extended it till May thirteenth. So she's got another basically thirty days. Oh my gosh! So I have multiple videos of her dancing, doing yoga doing hydration facial masks, looking like Nacho Libre. Um, and then I, th- I think there's a video of me twerking on a wall. But um, These are important videos. You got to share I, these with yeah, your, I mean, your audience. You are twerking the, on a wall is very, very important culturally. Yes. No. Cue the sad mad glad B-roll twerking. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I forgot. <laughs> I'm not cutting that out. Um, hold on a second. But um, yeah, it's been, it's been very interesting and um, 
I'm just amazed at how panicked people have become. Like it is a serious thing going around, but like we go to Target, Walmart, Kroger, Publix, whatever. Like, um, I don't know if you can see this. Which aisle is that? That's the paper towel and uh, toilet paper aisle at a Target. Yeah. yeah. And that was like last week. And I'm just like, and they have signs up for like people to be like, all right, due to, you know, limited stock, everyone gets one. But like, like this is at like 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning. Like what are, you know? So. Yeah. I feel like, and I think what's funny about the, that is that it's, ever do you have like, it's like you're either like a crazy person or you're the person who's like not taking it seriously at all. Yeah. And there's problems with both of those ends of the spectrum because the crazy people are taking away things from people like, no, I actually just regularly need to wipe my ass. <laughs> totally. Right. Right. I just not like I'm trying to overstock. And then, you know, we had a nice thing. So, you know, Steven works at the hospital. So we mm -hmm. have to be very careful with him, like Lysol when he comes in and we actually ran right. out. I already had two bottles because I regularly keep stocked in case we get sick or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so that's been a pain in the butt. But then the people that aren't taking it seriously are getting bored and going out to the store, right. you know, a couple times a week because they have nothing else to do and not understanding that like those movements can hurt people. Yeah. And it's, and you know, I know a lot of people in the medical field and they're telling us like, yes, older people are more susceptible, but I know currently like one, uh, one 31 year old that has died from it and two 31 year olds that are currently like in ICU and the pulmonologist was saying they're probably not going to make it, which is scary to say about a 31 year old who's not necessarily immunocompromised. I mean, maybe they right. smoked or something, right. But it's just some kind of, yeah. Yeah. We're all trying to, I think, learn about it. And then, and then, um, in the beginning of this, I went to a Walmart and kind of near me and, uh, I hadn't been, I usually went to like that Edgewood target Kroger shopping center. And I was like, let yeah. me try the Walmart. And it wasn't too busy, but like people were keeping their distance. The shelves were kind of bare. Some people had masks on. I was like, okay, good. Mm -hmm. Some people are, you know, doing what they got to do. And then it was like, people got sick of this two weeks later. I went the other day just to the target parking lot to do glass recycling. Cause I'm an mm -hmm. environmentalist. Oh, look at and, you. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, no one was at the glass recycling station. So I was like, great. You know, we're not, you know, going to be around anyone, but the Kroger and target parking lots were so packed at like yeah. 11 AM on a, a Tuesday, I think Tuesday or Wednesday. Mm -hmm. And you, you wouldn't have had any idea that there was a, a pandemic telling people to stay home. So, right. Yeah. It's a, it's really interesting. I think the biggest thing, I don't know if people are aware of this or not, but you could be asymptomatic, like be a carrier of COVID-19. You, you won't even know it. And you're out in public mask or no mask, no PPE or whatever. Exactly. And you're just doing your daily routine, touching your face or touching objects and you have no idea you have it. Someone comes by, touches that can of soup or touches that thing of whatever it is and then gets it. Right. And so actually me and Megan were out the other day and uh, I was like, so what happens if for those people I just mentioned that are asymptomatic and they're still the food workers, the healthcare workers, the gov you know, the infrastructure people who right. don't know they have it. Like if you're someone who works at the water treatment plant and you, you know, I'm sure they're taking precautions, yeah. but not, and I don't say this to freak people out, but it's just kind <laughs> of a, a, you know, but the thing to take into consideration, like if those people are the ones who are still maintaining basic infrastructure, you know, lifelines, if you will. And then they have it and they're unknowingly contaminating their workspace. What does that mean for the other people who 
have to, you know, have running water and things like that. What does that mean? And it, I think it's really important that for, that's why like, and I've seen it in my neighborhood, at least like for even someone like a, a mailman post <clears throat> person, male person, uh, they're <laughs> wearing gloves one. and they're wearing masks and it is necessary because it, if, if one of the, those people have it and you will get your mail, you're giving it to your entire route. Right. Right. So I think there are certain organizations are doing a good job. And then there are certain ones that are um, kind of being like more financially minded and are mm-hmm. not, not making good decisions. And, it, and the sad part is that it's like, no doubt, this is going to go down in history the same way that, you know, it's going to be taught right alongside 9-11 because this is one of the biggest things that's happened mm-hmm. um, to our economy and most people's lives. Uh, yeah. It's just, and, and more than economy, of course, but it's just, I wish people were being smarter about it because if we all took immediate action, right, right, then we it would actually be a shorter-lived pandemic and we I could agree. get back to usual. But listen, I'm a, I'm a born introvert and I recharge by being alone, so I... I'm fine. Right. I mean, I, my wallet hurts right now, but otherwise I'm like, yeah, this is, this is, I have no problem. So have I'm uh, going to wait it out. There you go. Um, have you received any stimulus checks? You no, received no, I, I think those should be arriving mid April, right? Yeah. I'm just curious. Yeah. No, I haven't done that. And I tried, I applied for an unemployment thing, but the, I, that doesn't even work because for like gig workers and freelancers, I don't think we can do that yet. So I did it and they wrote me back and were like, you get zero. It literally says you get zero dollars. Oh, really? Wow. Which hurts. Was that <laughs> through, I think Georgia. Department of Labor. Department of Labor. I think they just extended that out to 1099 people. Uh, as far as be, I know. Yeah, I think what I, what did I do it like a week or two ago and it, I don't think it worked, but I knew it was one of the things that was like, in stages people were yeah. going to be able to apply. yeah but yeah it's affected it's affecting everyone so Seriously. i'm and it's kind of cool seeing how people are you know i've seen a lot of my friends because i have some like two of my best friends are both in the entertainment industry in that they're they're both like in in graphic designer choreographer uh mm-hmm. in a corporate band and uh, also just had a kid and they are you know having to get creative with how they're making their money and, and people are doing like you know virtual nights of you know everything from uh, concerts to uh, co- I've seen some comedians doing their shows online to mm-hmm. like drag queen yeah. performances and stuff. So it's pretty cool to see that and mm-hmm. have it available on our phones. But um, you can tell that it's there. I think the only thing that's keeping people, some people saying is that literally everyone is affected by this. Like everyone is dealing with it in a way where it's mm-hmm. like, we all might not be able to pay our bills at some point. So right. I think in a way that makes people feel better. Cause it's like, well, if you know, this large percentage of people are also hurting financially, hopefully the government's going to come through and figure something. And I think they're doing some good things, but what the hell do I know? I'm just a dumb actor. Not dramatic at all. No. Is there something on your ceiling? What do you mean? I don't know. You just looked. I'm fucking with you. Oh, oh no. no. I was just, <laughs> <laughs> I was just turning my head in a really cool way. Yeah. So, um, what, uh, damn, you know what? How far are we at along? Do you do a lot of editing in these? Not really, not for these zooms, um, just because everything is in one file. I feel file. like I talked for a very 
very long time about how I got into acting. And I feel like maybe 10% of that was interesting. So just chop it up and uh, maybe add a little Britney music in the background. Yeah, I think I can like resume. You can like change your background so I can put you like on an island or something. I but love you, that. But you might just be a floating head because your shirt's kind of green. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> just a floating head talk interview. Um, so uh, what, what are your, I mean, COVID's a huge deal, but what do you want to do um, I guess like you would, just some of your long-term goals, like five, 10 year, you know, indefinitely. Yeah. I, uh, I think in a simple, simple form, I really want to just make sure that I'm able to do what I love, uh, and have like a strong financial background. I don't need to be making millions. I just want, I, I, the thing is, you know, sometimes you hear actors talk about like, I do commercial work on the side to pay for the bills, but I really, and I'm like, I love commercial work. I love voiceover work. I love um, working on, you know, characters and actual, you know, whether it's web series or TV film, whatever. I like all of it. I really enjoy it. And I think if I were picking up more jobs, maybe I'd, yeah, I'd probably veer more towards character work than commercials but i think it's all mm -hmm. it's all just so interesting because every single set is different because you're working with such different people you have different right. clients paying for it you know um whether you know i i the the set i was on for like a community college commercial that i did was extremely different from a craftsman tool commercial where i had no lines and it was one of the biggest crews i've ever worked with but they were you know they were both great mm -hmm. one of them paid substantially more but they were both I learned a lot from both of them and so I want to just make sure that I'm um I want to push myself a little bit more because I get tired really easily I get not tired I get overwhelmed mm -hmm. and I get kind of like it feels like I when I'm beating myself up it feels like I'm being lazy but really it's just that my reserves get low and so I want to find a way to um push myself harder when it comes to uh being able to receive those jobs. So in, in five or 10 years, I want to make sure that I'm, um, I can look back at, you know, cause I will say this a couple of years ago, when I look at where I was then and where I am now, I'm proud of the Good. change that's come. And that's, that was a big moment for me, especially from like 2017 to 2019 was like a lot of development for me. And now mm -hmm. I'm at a place where I know I kind of need to push the boundaries a little bit more. I literally the other day was thinking like, I've been talking about this certain web uh, YouTube channel I wanted to do and that would be just like characters and stupid comedy. And, and literally what I'll do is say, Oh, you know, I don't know if I should do that. Cause I, I don't even know how I would edit it. And I don't know, you know, if I'm good at editing and then like, where do you even get music from? And it's like, these are all things that you can teach. I have the time to teach myself. I have the time to spend, you know, what do you call it? Like a stock music site where you can just like yeah. pay a little bit. And I, I'm sometimes I kind of make these excuses because I love joining a project and where my job is just bring what you have, which is, you know, bring you, bring your acting, rehearse your lines. I can do all that. And I like having, finding my niche, my niche in a project, but I want to push myself to be a little bit more of um, a creator in, in all, in all, you know, in the sense of it being like, I am my own manager. Right. Um, I think that's something that I'm kind of lacking right now. So yeah, I, I hope that five or 10 years from now, I'm, I'm working more regularly and, and uh, just kind of continuing to build my foundation because I, um, 
I sometimes find myself in these slumps where uh, it's easy to get caught up in, well, no one, you know, I applied to all the things I can apply to, but so nothing's going on. Well, that's, I mean, I can also create my own revenue. I can create my own stuff. Right. Cause even if it's not about making money, like a YouTube channel or like you're doing like a podcast, you know, even if it's not all, it shouldn't be about making money. It should be about, you know, filling a void or there's something creative you want to do. And so, um, I think I need to, what I'm hearing myself say is I think I need to just make a plan because I had a plan. I stuck to it and then I like finished it and now I need to reset a new plan. Right. Um, and, uh, and I've, I think I've even talked to you about like, I, I really like both sides of, you know, the, the, uh, being on set. I really, I have a, a, a pretty good attention to detail. And so the idea of being like a, an assistant director or even just a production assistant on, on, uh, some local projects is, um, it's kind of nice. Cause I like the idea of not having to worry about like hair and makeup and actually just make sure that everything's running smoothly. Right. Uh, that's something that I do. I think I'm good at cause I get, I get it from my mom. My mom is like a crazy attention to detail and she's, she's always able to like figure everything out and move it around. She's a great organizer. So, nice. um, that's another side that I hope that in the next five or 10 years I get to kind of, uh, be a part of it. And I, and I have the ability to, I, I think that's why I was reaching out to you a couple months ago about the questions I was having. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, refresh me. I got a new phone. So I lost the, the text. Uh, I was asking you about like the background, like what, what people are looking for in like production assistant, assistant directors. Working oh, on set. oh, that's right. That's right. This was on Michael's shoot, right? Or was this something outside? It was around that time, but we had finished okay. it. Cause I, cause I was starting to look at, you know, I was, I was kind of in that place where I was like, I I'm like running out of my money reserves and I'm looking at like broadening what I can do. And I also really enjoy, I remember this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah being a part of, yeah, we did talk about it because of I've, there was, it was almost like, I, I think I said something like if we had one more production assistant on like all of these different independent projects I've working on, I feel like that's where it can really help. Um, let each person focus. Cause I know, especially for you and Michael, some of the people I've worked with mm -hmm. closely in the past year or two, you're not just director, you're right. director, writer, producer, you all, know, all set the things. Design. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, and it's incredible that you can do that. Um, and that it, yeah. that it, I'm sure at points it wears you out, but obviously the reason you get stuff done is because you, you love it and you care about it and you understand that it's, you're only going to get better. You're only going to learn from it. So I, right. I hope that I can kind of start doing that for myself and being a, a self starter, self promoter so that I'm not just joining other people's projects, but also, you know, believing in some of the stuff that I do. Cause literally my only outlet outside of stuff that I do for work is truly, <laughs> truly and honestly, Instagram story. <laughs> oh, yeah. <I'm> so stupid. <laughs> but I have so much fun just like dicking around with my dog. That's sounded, hold on. Let me, uh, being stupid well, around the house and just great, like Dominic. Thank you so much, Mr. Geico, uh, for dicking around with your dog. Oh God. <laughs> anyway, yeah, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's just ideas that don't have to be. Someone was talking to me about TikTok the other day and they're like, do you have a TikTok? I said, yeah, but please don't watch it. It's, it's, um, <sighs> it's not. Cause the thing about Instagram for me is that I go, I go on my phone and I just say whatever the stupid thing was in my head or whatever stupid character, or it's just improvised because I'm thinking of like an accent that I've been working on. Sometimes I work on random mm -hmm. or characters or whatever. And, uh, and I just say something and if I watch it back and I just giggle, even the slightest, I go, okay, I'm just going to share it to my story and I forget about it. And if it makes people happy or someone says anything, that's good. And if I get a lot of feedback on one, I'll try and make a mental note and say, maybe one day that'll be a character. Mm -hmm. Um, TikTok is like, <sighs> you've got to like, 
edit the screens together and you and you're expected to do more than just post because there's have you been on tiktok no i've seen i've seen i think you'd appreciate it because it's it's actually for a phone app i mean it's pretty easy to edit it's just that it's it's about timing and then you have all of these like background songs that you can be using or you're there's so many different effects. Is it, you can go isn't through. it just like the new vine? It is, but there's no time limit in it. There are like a lot, there's a lot of challenges that people do. So I feel like such an old ass bitch. Talking about it. <laughs> oh God. I promise. I'm, I'm still 18. Uh, there's a, it's like, you know, like it'll be like a, a, a lip sync challenge to something mm-hmm. where there's a lot of people that like learn a dance and make it their own. And, and, you know, yeah. Uh, it's really easy to edit. It makes editing really easy for everyone, which is cool because people are getting to be creative, even if they have, they want to still, you know, be an account manager at a bank or something. You know what I mean? Like you just get all types of people are on TikTok, and it's not about posting your pictures of your vacation, which I don't mind on Instagram. Right. But it's just, I actually appreciate it for what it is. I hated it at first. And now I, it's a different, but it's, 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 it's one of those things where I'm like, I, I don't complain about it. Just, learn and grow and 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 if you want to post something post something but don't also don't take it too seriously i have to yeah. i go i feel like i caught like one minute i'm like this is amazing just go for it you're a star you can do anything you want and then the, the other side of me is like that was stupid why would you waste anyone's time don't even post that <laughs> it's healthy uh it's healthy yeah healthy yeah. i think you'd do well on tiktok though well I think, so. I, I think that you'd understand it the minute you got on there and you'd understand how to post and, and change things and you could. I'll have to research it. Cause I mean, every, I would say every day, whether it's on Instagram or Facebook, I'm seeing someone sharing a TikTok video yeah. or someone posting a TikTok video doing this and that. Um, so I'll definitely research it. But I'm gonna yeah. And some of the TikToks I've saved too are like, there's a voice coach who has a TikTok and she just does like, weekly or daily maybe things that are like for guys trying to sing higher this and she gives you tips and it's so it's not all about entertainment and funny being funny too sometimes it's like just a way to follow and um get like quick tips on things and because i follow a lot of singers i think that's how that came up so even you could do that with like film editing yeah or general editing um tips that you've had or things that you've learned and or even posting clips of funny parts of your podcast to then drive uh traffic yeah exactly okay business seminar <laughs> there you go so i'm actually on your instagram story right now um and this was from 20 hours ago oops this is from 20 hours ago so i'm going to what was 20 hours ago uh taking song requests allergies smallergies oh god i'm sorry man you look like you look like hell is rolled over um yeah so Yeah, you definitely got COVID. <laughs> oh God. Okay. Yeah. So, so I had a a, a, a tear. The reason I was just talking to you about like I don't even know if I'm going to do this podcast. Yesterday, my allergies. Yeah. Just, I mean, I always have crazy allergies end of March, mm-hmm. beginning of April. Yeah. But I've been, you know, really on top of it, taking my antihistamines and my nose sprays and just trying to. But I've been, you know, working outside and I thought the worst of it was over and I got cocky. And yesterday I was just like sneezing and coughing. I thought I was going to lose my voice. So even if I was feeling better today and I am, I thought my voice was going to be gone. And so I was trying to sing something in earnest, like just listening to like an Ariana Grande song, trying to sing along with it. And it was 
so bad that I was like embarrassed that like even like my guardian angel might have had to hear it. I was so it was so bad. And so then I thought if it, like I I would I think that's why I posted that because I was just leaning into it. Um did anyone God. give you did anyone request songs? Yeah. <laughs> what were some of them i had six song requests one was um yellow by coldplay (laughs) um something from phantom of the opera Uh uh-huh uh i don't remember any of the others but i and i delivered on all of them and they were all a nice like maybe one or two out of ten quality Uh, because i thought well let me try and i'll try and get through it without coughing and it didn't work um that's actually but I did not want to post those because I don't want to put people through an entire story of that. The trauma. So at this point in the podcast, we um, have people do fully memorized uh, excerpts from Shakespearean plays. So this is not real, right? Uh, this is definitely real. I don't have anything memorized. I, I didn't go you. to school for Shakespeare. Well, I'll give you plenty of time, so here we go. Oh, I thought you were kidding. Are you being serious right now? Yeah. Wait, I don't even... Uh, you let me down, man. I absolutely did, if you'd like to... No, I'm kidding. I, okay. <laughs> I was like, well, Jesus, what? Because then I thought about it, I was like, what? Who else? Like, I was like, did Michael have a full advice? <laughs> did nope. he? No, no. no. Megan was just like, here, say this. Okay. No, God. Okay. Yeah. No, I don't. And that, you know, what is actually drives me nuts about, I think what some of my friends and people that are very important to me in my life have no desire to be actors or are terrible actors. And I find that they are so good at memorizing lines from like their favorite movies or Mm -hmm. shows or songs. And I am not, it's, I literally can maybe, I have like a couple lines memorized from Shrek. Mm-hmm. Do you, fi- like, do you just, find yourself more to be method because of that? Um, I think, um, well, I've never, like, I think when people say method, they, they hear like the, are you completely in character all the times? So I've never gone full method, but I think on set, I prefer that mm-hmm. because depending on the scene, sometimes it's hard hard to especially when it's not comedy it's really hard to jump back into that whatever the emotion is Mm -hmm. um and i like working with directors that aren't so um word uh what's it called word centric like they don't care if you have it exactly right as long as you don't change it too much and it you know you're getting the point across and um and i think the same thing is with monologues you know if you're if you're if you aren't given a script in, in an audition and you're uh just told to bring a dramatic or comedic monologue, just make it your own and have the good energy. Like you're just, you just mm-hmm. want to make your mark. It's not like they're going to look up the monologue and see if you're word perfect. It doesn't make sense to do that. And so at the same time, when you're on set, sometimes it's like, no, this writer wrote this beautiful moment in this, uh, whether it's, yeah, this beautiful scene in a, in a mm-hmm. film or a TV show and they want it to be word perfect so you do need to learn it that way so i try to get a sense and most directors are pretty upfront about that right away you were pretty upfront about that when we worked together on sad mad glad and um i like just the freedom of being able to just in the character think like that doesn't feel right or maybe i'll say this instead because i'm not i'm trying to not think in dominic's brain i'm trying to think in you know the character's brain so um and it's not that i'm not good at memorizing either you know it's a muscle that you have to work but um for some reason like once I'm done with it, 
I, I like I can't think of any I can barely think of any lines from anything I've done like if if we do trivia night and it's like what is this line again if, it, if it's from Shrek I'll know it <laughs> if it's from like, I know a lot of stuff from Mean Girls because of my friends knowing a lot about stuff from Mean Girls I don't know like I'm not I'm not and I and I watch all of the like you know award award season movies but I just can't I can't hold on to that so um is that, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's just no, who I am. It's just different. It's a different <laughs> approach. Yeah. I mean, I know you can, like, when it comes down to it, if you need to know the lines, because people are word sensitive to scripts and dialogue, like, you can definitely do that. Yeah. But um, speaking of which, um, what kind of streaming platforms do you have? Do you have, like, HBO, Hulu? Yeah. Um, I, Amazon Prime. Okay. And through that, we actually have an HBO subscription um, discount thing. Okay. Uh, Hulu, Netflix. I think that's it. Yeah. yeah. And then I actually do have, for for now, if we can afford it, uh, like Xfinity, and we've got some decent channels. And so, and through that, okay. we can rent movies. But I'm pretty good about finding where it's free. And then, you know, mm-hmm. so I've been really wanting to see Venom uh, with Tom Hardy. Oh, really? I haven't seen it Tom, yet. Tom Hardy is one of my favorite actors. I just, I think he's really good at um, transforming himself. And uh, mm-hmm. I mean, he's not hard on the eyes either. Uh, but anyway, I've really wanted to this see This is him. a real reason here. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's really talented. No, he, and, yeah. I mean, he has got a great body or whatever, but like, I don't care about that. Like I don't care about his packs or his abs or anything. Right. No, no, no. It's just his acting ability. Um, but yeah, his <laughs> Venom, I've been really wanting to see that. And for, for a while I've been checking because it's only available on like, stars or yeah, something something but it was free the other day um and so i got to see it and venom 2 i think is going to be coming out mm-hmm. in 2021 or something but it, or was supposed to come out at the end of 2020 but god knows if that'll happen yeah. so yeah i um i've got a lot uh available to me and i found that what's cool about that is that i i don't i'm not addicted to just what's out in the main you know what's being like obviously yeah i watched tiger king okay I haven't, but Megan's been watching that religiously. We we finished it in like three days, um, so yeah. we did like two or three episodes a night. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> it was uh, so I'll watch that. But I also got to watch like some lesser known, uh, or not as popular, you know, TV series or or um, movies, and that, and I like that because it allows you to kind of sometimes if it's lesser known, it might just be that it's like more independent or they don't have the money to spend on the marketing, but it mm-hmm. might mean that it's actually better because they really are put their all into something. And it's not just this like big production company. Not, right. I mean, obviously not saying big production companies can't make great stuff, but um, I watched a really great, have you heard of the thing with Maya Rudolph and um, Fred Armisen? Uh, I can't remember what it's called, but it's, they're like, they like are in a marriage and then they have like thinking about divorce and then they both die or something. No, it's, it's on Amazon prime. I'm not doing it justice in my explanation, but like that was amazing and it didn't get much press. Um, mm-hmm. There was a really nice art film called, you know what? I'm not going to talk about it. Cause I don't know the names of any of these things. Cause I have a okay. shit memory. Okay. Okay. Ah, you pushed me into this. <laughs> Can you remember a line from the show? From what show? <laughs> The show that I can't remember the name of? Sure, I got you. Yeah, thanks. That'd be great. I think the line was, hi, Gladys. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. 
Um, no, I wanted to, um, if you get the chance, definitely watch uh, Westworld. Okay. I've been thinking about, I've been trying to decide, do I start Westworld or do I start Ozark? Do Westworld. That's HBO. HBO, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think Amazon Prime has, I think, like you mentioned, some kind of way out that you can watch it through them. Yeah. But um, they they just came out season three, like two weeks ago. So definitely out of uh, every episode so far. So I definitely obviously recommend like going through season one and two because it's very sequential. Like if you don't watch, even like if you miss an episode, you're going to be like, whoa, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. So, but, um, and the other show has uh, the morning show. That's it's on Apple TV. Apple, and I don't have that, and nor okay. will I have that because okay. we have so many things. But I'm so interested in that because that's Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. She's in a lot of stuff. I just watched Big yeah. Little Lies. She's in something called Fire. Little Fires Everywhere. Little Fires Everywhere. <laughs> yep. Thank you for your help. Uh, which that's on Hulu, I think, so I can watch that with Kerry Washington. But yeah, um, yeah I'm. I I have the time. I mean. I'm trying to think. I started Gotham. Uh, no. Do you know what I'm talking about though? Yeah, the Batman show. It is it is the exactly what I needed right now because it's not like the best, but mm-hmm. it's really fun to watch them like tie in a bunch of characters at a different mm-hmm. like when Batman Bruce Wayne is like, you know, a thirteen or whatever old he is in the show. Yeah. And um the writing is silly and the acting can sometimes be too much, but I think that was the intention. And so I'm gonna that's I'm working on that right now. I, here's my thing. I'm trying to do, and I will watch Westworld, but I'm trying to do the thing where I, I'm trying not to go back and watch Parks and Rec for like the eighth time. I've never I've seen watched, it. You are a, you are a, uh, and I haven't, and I haven't seen the office all the way through. The thing is, how dare you, you know, <laughs> um, it's, it, I, I'm look, I don't know. Everyone has their, their different thing they like, but in my mind, if you don't like Parks and Rec, Parks and Rec was such a feel-good show. It was not. It didn't try to get too political. It was. It was always uplifting. It had a great message at its core, and it's about people in a, a, a part of government that doesn't get talked about a lot. Parks and Recreation, and so um, it brought such. It was truly like this, like ball of sunshine. And I watched it. I've watched it now. I think seven or eight times through. I've oh, watched wow. The Office twice through. I watched Thirty Rock four or five times through and I haven't done it in a while but the other day I was feeling crazy about all the stuff going on I thought I might start Parks and Rec again but there's so much other stuff so I'm going to try not to I mean no shame if you do if I do I'll just lie about it I don't care I'm a grown ass <laughs> man uh, who lies <laughs> but no I, I mean I'm, I want to watch Westworld and, and I still haven't watched what's that one about the Handsmade Tale Handsmade Tale yeah I haven't seen that either so I'm I'll get there. There's, at a certain point, I, there's, I, we all have a limit because we only have so many hours. But right. um, I finally gave myself permission to not be in. Because you know what it is when people, when you haven't seen something, they go, you probably deal with this because you haven't seen The Office all the way through. But people are like, wait, how have you not seen that? And it's like, because I, that's how my life is right now. Right. And I have. Prioritize a little bit. Yeah. It's. <laughs> And I, and I watch a lot of stupid YouTube videos. Okay. So, and I'm, and I finally just own it and I don't care anymore, but yeah. um, if you, I want to ask you a question real quick. If you, no. is there a show that you watch or have, well, yeah, it doesn't have to be now. Yeah. 
anything from your life that you look at and go, I would have died to have been a director because of you love the whole show and how it was shot or because you like one episode you thought was so beautiful. You wish you could have been like a part of it having directed it or even just been on the set to absorb it. Uh, I would honestly, because of how well the show's written and where I feel like it's going, it would definitely be like Westworld is that show. Yeah. Like um, I would say season one and season two, because they had so much story to tell, and then now, like, it's it's obviously a continuation of that story, but it's just taking it into a different territory. And now it just seems like two armies mounting against one another, which is makes for great story and great, you know, viewing. But it's like, I really like the first two episodes better because they really, and I don't want to spoil too much because you haven't seen it, but they really yeah. focus on what's called the hosts and you'll soon to learn what those are and they focus a lot on particular this one host who's kind of like the chain in this whole series yeah and they really dive into like them becoming their fully realized self and that's probably telling you too much but well let um, me say that let me ask you i mean is it are you attracted to sci-fi i think generally yes yeah. um but it's and I think this was a show back in like the seventies that didn't do so well, just cause I think of the, I think it was a huge, it was a high concept that it just wasn't the right time. Westworld was, I think it, I think it was either, I think it was a movie back in the seventies. Oh, I didn't so that, know that. Yeah. I think it was a book, I believe. Um, and if anyone's listening or watching am incorrect, please leave a comment or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, so HBO took that and they ran with it and it's just beautiful. The cinematography is great. Um, and the dialogue, it's like, even though it's not like your typical 22 episode set show, it's like, you know, maybe 10 episodes, but everything's tight. It's fluid. And uh, I like shows like that. I hate fluff. Yeah, that makes, I yeah. feel like HBO does a pretty good job of that. So, I mean, I've, I've seen Barry, um, which I forgot I started, so I need to finish it. Mm -hmm. um, I've seen obviously Game of Thrones, and I've seen, We've seen um, I've heard a lot of good stuff about Westworld. So I think that they they do they do some good stuff, and that was because we talked about like getting rid of HBO after Game of Thrones, and I was like, there's so much good stuff. Yeah, and I I will say that a lot of times when I'm on set, sometimes I I try to avoid these conversations because certain people get like really pretentious about like what they've seen, and like mm -hmm. I'll tell them I haven't seen honestly i'm just gonna make this right i don't know if i've seen the godfather or not i think i've seen clips and i've not seen it all the way through that i don't think that makes you a good I, or a bad actor you know what i mean yeah i haven't seen it one is, or two it so. is and i don't and i don't care either like i want to see it eventually but if it comes up it comes up there's so many things that i'm eventually i'm gonna not have seen something right um and i don't think you should be you know held to the ground and forced your people force your eyes open Ridiculed watching, for not watching something yeah exactly but but i also think that like hbo is one of the things that i do feel i i have there's an obligation for for me to my for myself to watch things that are critically acclaimed because mm -hmm. it is even though sometimes you know awards can be bought it doesn't mean that they didn't deserve the nomination right right and so i'm trying to make sure that i'm doing my best to see all that stuff because like the other day i saw once upon a time in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And it was, it, it's really cool to see, you know, some two people that I feel like I've seen because of everything from like, you know, 
uh, tabloid bullshit to the tons of movies they've been in, Brad Pitt and Leo, uh, Leo, my buddy Leo, uh, seeing them become these completely different characters than I've seen them before was really uh, fascinating. And I, yeah. I'm a fan of Quentin, Tar- Quentin Tarantino. I don't really uh, like worship him or anything, but um, it was nice to see uh, what the buzz was all about. I really enjoyed it. And um, so having HBO felt like it was a, I felt like I would be losing a sense of some of the shows and, and movies that I could see that as an actor, I could watch and kind of go, okay, I don't, I, I want to now know like, why did that actor choose to do it that way? Cause I can see the script in my head and going, I probably would have read it this way. And then it makes you go, does what I've read it that way because I'm boring or would I've read it that way because I'm not pushing myself or is it just this person made a really abstract or interesting choice? And that, that's right. even crazier too. Cause then you look at it and you go, yeah, they didn't really, I don't see, how long the audition process was or how many rehearsals have they had, or if there was a, a direction on set that made them go to make that acting choice. So that stuff is really, really interesting to me, which is why I get stuck on YouTube a lot. Cause I watch a lot of actors interviews and behind the scenes stuff because um, I could, I mean, I could talk about it for hours and I, yeah. I have to be careful with who I talk about it with because some people are like, I, I don't care. <laughs> Show me the bloopers and that's it. <laughs> okay. Um, I got nothing. Wow. Wow. You're, you're not interested in me. You no. heard it here first. Um, so at this point, I'm just going to open up the floor to you. Yeah. Um, so if you have anything you want to say, questions you want to ask, rather, um, or anything. Um, I do. I have a, a question for you. What, what do you in this period of um, what kind of everyone's kind of been asked to slow down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you, did you, have you like had any realizations? Do you, have you had any like doors that you've tried to open now that you can't really be on set? Um, doors. <laughs> So they're the, the things you went to a room with that have the handle on them? Is that what that is? <laughs> yes, sir. Good boy. Ooh. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, you know, what, what have you been doing? So, you know, aside think, your podcast? So podcast. Um, You've been editing a lot, producing edit, anything? Nope. Just, just producing a podcast. Editing a lot of projects that I've been working on since January. Yeah. Just got picked up to do something. Um, I don't know if you heard of T.D. Jakes before. What, say it again. T.D. Jakes. No, it's not. He's a bishop. Oh, him. Yeah, that guy. Um, uh, I think he's world-renowned, and he has a TV show on his little streaming platform. Not little. It's probably pretty big. But um, so I'm doing that um, show for him, cutting three episodes. And then just honestly, I guess in terms of doors, trying to open more doors to other projects from people I've worked on in the past and just continually build those relationships and develop new ones just because everyone has, I would assume a lot more free time on their hands and I want to spend it more doing things that, you know, I enjoy people can enjoy collectively and that will also kind of move me and others together as a career does that if that makes sense yeah so because you're pretty much freelancing and just working on productions as they come right right 
Yeah. No, I think that's awesome. Um, because I think when we first met, I didn't really know. I don't even know if I still know like what your background was or like how you got into to that side of TV film. Um, I, well, I kind of learned that my passion for film and video was like in high school and like it took like a semester class. I'm like, all right, this is kind of what I want to do. Right. And so just been kind of going in that direction, you know, like I started like a film club in like uh, junior college, you know, got to learn a lot of things there and build some connections there and then transition to Charlotte, go to film school. Um, and I say that not malice, but just like, um, I don't even know the word. Did you malice. get a lot out of it? I did. I did. So um, that's all that matters, right? Yeah, I know the education. I'm not saying the education wasn't valuable. Um, I think it could have been money better spent. Um, mm. but when you're in that moment, you know, you think that this is, and it's, it's a weird thing. I can't, I can't quite figure out how to balance it. It's a good experience. I learned a lot, but like right after that, I learned so much more from just, by just going mm. on an actual set and doing yeah. it. And so like the, the process is the same, but learning that process on certain technology was, uh, undermined, if you will. Yeah. Cause the industry is not using DSLR Canon cameras. The industry is using area Lexus, red cameras and things like that. And so I think my bitterness is not having that expertise or at least knowledge on your resume going forward to try and work on these shows. Like, yeah, everything's unionized, but at least it makes you more employable when you can work a red Gemini 8k or an area right. Lexus or whatever versus yeah. like, Oh, you have a DSLR that you went to Best Buy and bought. Okay. That's cute. Yeah. So I bet that I, and I, and I've heard that a lot that it's, it's so important. Um, and honestly, I, you know, I, I can echo this for just actors too, but it's so important to just be on set and to do your job. But then mm -hmm. the experience of, of being on set, you're going to get something from every set. You're going to get to watch how different directors work. Um, different. I mean, even just like, cause you know, I didn't, again, didn't go to school for any of this. So every single set that I've been on, I've learned about, um, sound and lighting and mm -hmm. gotten to work with different, you know, gaffers and, and grips. And it makes me appreciate from an outsider's point of view, I don't always know what they're doing. And if I ask, you know, and there's some downtime and I'm able to ask mm -hmm. uh, before the next scene, I, I, they're always nice and will explain whatever I, to me that I need explained. But um, mm -hmm. they're also, uh, I don't remember what I was going to say. <laughs> I think I was going to say that they're, um, oh, I, I, it makes me appreciate the people that are good at my job. So in my head, what I have done in the past, I've, I've talked about this quite a bit with some friends recently too, uh, is that in my head, I've kind of done this thing where I've said, if I ever am having an ultimate project and I know that I can pay people well enough that I can actually fly them to wherever I want to film, uh, who are the people that I would pull in? And I've made notes of every single set that I've been on because I've worked with people that I mean, I, I worked with a sound, uh, a sound girl once that literally hit me, like was hitting me in the head with the boom because she didn't know how to do anything else while also paying attention to where the, the boom yeah. was. I don't mind. I didn't get yeah. you know hurt by it or anything, but it was like, she was messing up tapes. We were filming outside. We were trying to do it between gusts of wind yeah. and she like didn't oh, know. Lord. And I like finally was like, I make, made a comment to someone and they basically were like, oh, this is her first day. She's never done this before. 
Ooh. I was like, oh, that's why she's like making up all these excuses and everything. And I think she had to fill in for someone. So it makes sense. Yeah. And obviously I'm not going to use her, but I look at it and think like, it makes me appreciate the people that I don't know. I don't care what your background is. If you show up on set and you do a good job and you're professional and you make me and the and everyone else on set feel well taken care of in your arena, I want to work with you again. I want to give you a good review. Right. That's so important. Um, I agree. And I, and it's same with actors. You know, I, I've worked with, I want to, I'm, I'm going to, just, I'm going to be uh, gentle about how I say this, because I don't think that this actor follows me anymore, but um, I worked with an actor once and uh, he was a really good actor, uh, but he was a diva on set. Oh, I think I know who you're talking about. I won't name the name. Oh, wait, I think we might've talked about this. Yes. I'm, yeah. I'm like nervous. I don't know. I've heard, of, I actually, uh, I think he, I don't, I'm, I don't, I'm so nervous. I don't want you to say anything. <laughs> okay, I won't, I won't, but I know who you're talking We'll talk about. after the podcast. Okay, but, great. But yeah, it's um, only because I, 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 I would never want to say anything bad because at the end of the day, I think that <clears throat> he does good work. It was just, I was yeah. watching him and going, I appreciate, you know, wanting everything to be perfect, but like, and I yeah. have had my moments where I'm just like tired or I'm hot or whatever. And I just want to get, I'm not perfect, but I wouldn't, uh, th the way that this person acted and communicated was out of this world. And, um, mm -hmm. and at the same time, I, you know, had some great, learned some stuff from him, had some great scenes, but I think it's important to leave a set better than it would have been without you. And to also right. make sure that even if you have disagreements with people, you, they go at the end of the day, I would still work with Dominic again. I'd still work with David again. And I think I try to go into all projects with that mindset, unless I truly hate the project so much. I'm like, I don't want to fucking work with you. Sorry. I'll bleep it out. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if you're allowed to cut. Sorry. Uh, I don't want to work with you again. I don't care if this project ever sees a lot of day. And that's very rare, but I think that, um, um, respect is a big thing. And, and, uh, and, and that can start just from asking the right questions, being on time and, mm -hmm. uh, uh, being a good communicator. And so, I think, yeah, both, I see it on, I see both sides of the, uh, uh, you know, the camera that, that, how important that can be. And so I'm fortunate for all the things that I've worked on. And I, that's, again, that's what I really miss. I haven't been in front of a camera in a, in a while because yeah. it was slow even before COVID for me. And I um, was like, what the hell, what the heck's happening? And, and now I'm stuck doing voiceover work. And so I'm being extra nice to people so that <laughs> I could get hired to make some money. There you go. Well, um, I think I'm going to wrap it up here. Okay. Um, but so I was trying to think if there's one more thing I wanted to mention. No. So plug time. Plug. Plug oh. time for you. I, um, every single thing that I'm doing has not been released. So I can't plug it. I'm on a show that's been pretty cool. It's picking up some momentum. I mean, we're we're growing uh, in like everything from production to <clears throat> acting, but it's kind of got this like it's always sunny, sunny in Philadelphia vibes. It's called Miles Above, and it's on YouTube. Um, we shoot in Charlotte. We've done a couple episodes, and I'm kind of like a, a secondary character on that. Um, I'm on. Instagram at dom dom pom pom d o m d o m p o m p o m. Um, I 
trying to think if there's anything else I'm working on. I mean, there was a feature film that you were on a couple of years ago that's now on YouTube. Do you know anything about oh, that? Oh, yeah, you made that free. Yes. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, Sad, Mad, Glad. If you want to see me and then a couple more of me <laughs> as a character named Ian, please check out Sad, Mad, Glad. It, that, that is a really, really cool script. And I will say that, like, watching it, I have so many moments where I'm like, oh, God. This is so great. Absolutely nailed it. And other moments where I'm like, why did David not whoop my ass that day? I feel like I have such good moments in that as an actor. And I'm not trying to like, you know, take a huge steaming dump on my acting ability. But like, I felt like there were so many good scenes and so many scenes where I'm like, why did I, why did I not do and it? And I'm not even beating myself up. I'm really looking at it and going, I wish I'd given you more. But at the end of the day. Yeah. What scenes are those? I, oh, it's been, I mean, I haven't watched it since like March of last year. Um, okay. So I can't, I, I, I remember some of the scenes with Sad Ian, I mm-hmm. felt, I felt like I wish Sad Ian was one of those moments where he could be a, a, uh, what do you call it? Um, comedic relief of, uh, of a scene. There mm-hmm. was a scene on the dock where he was really, it was supposed to be kind of a, uh, an intimate moment between Ian and Sad Ian. And I feel like I played Sad Ian too cartoonish. Um, and I don't, I wish I had put a little bit more thought into like letting him be, I don't know. I felt like a little bit more authentic. And, um, so I wish I had done, but here's the thing, seeing it allowed me to kind of look at other projects and go be, do all the preparation you think you need to do based on, you know, you don't want to ever look back at something and go, I wish I, cause I'm not nitpicking. It's like full scenes where I go, oh man, I wish I was, I'd been really, Yeah. And, 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 uh, I mean, you, you can't tell me that you watched the whole thing and didn't, you know, cause I think as a director, you're also looking at so much more than just the actor's performance that you probably watched some stuff back and thought you were going to, you know, send me some hate mail maybe. Right. You didn't get it. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, <laughs> no, I, um, I, I loved a lot of that and, um, working with Christina was, I mean, she's so funny. We had so much fun. Uh, yeah. Have, I think you, have I, you seen any of her, li- like any of her, she's in like a lot of theater in Atlanta. Yeah, she's doing a lot of theater right now. Not right now, but in the past, yeah. yeah. Um, she was a gem. Yeah, definitely. I want to, um, she's in Trace too. I didn't know if you knew that. I did. I, I follow uh, the Instagram and I, okay. uh, I'm so excited to see what you guys do with it. It looks really. Um, have you seen, it's really on fun. YouTube too. So if you want to watch the pilot. The pilots on YouTube? Yeah, Sad Mad Glad and YouTube. Hey, I'm sorry, not oh, YouTube. Oh, yeah, you did. You did. Post yeah, it. YouTube is not on YouTube. Trace is on YouTube. <laughs> but, um, I'm sure there's a YouTube channel on YouTube. <laughs> Great. No, I, I I wrote that down. I want. I definitely want to see that. Um, and I'm excited to to see if I can. Because I I wonder if like watching it, I'm gonna go. Oh yes, that's very David or or not. Because I don't know. I mean, it's it's. I think it's very it's very different from what I can gather than. Sad Mad Glad's vibe. Sad Mad Glad was like was a this, like time. a little bit sci-fi, but a little bit like you know romantic comedy, and also like dealt with this side of like kind of trying to, def- in my mind, defeat this idea of this fake masculinity of like not being Gosh. in touch with your emotions. There were a lot of things that it, and I think everyone gets something different out of it, even if you didn't. In- intend for it to be that so right um i like that it kind of was cross 
it like crossed different genres um, in a way. Um, Trace is more like a crime show, right? More of a crime show crosses that magical realism, like uh, oh. like um, Sad Mad Glad did. Maybe not to like the full extent of you know that particular yeah. route, but it definitely dabbles into it. The further you go. Have you seen any camera uh, of the stuff that Michael did with the camera? Camera saves the day. No, camera Uh, saves the day. um, Was that the third installment? Right, that's with you and the. That's the one we did in the at the park woods. I think he's still working on that, as far as I know. I want to see it so bad. I saw the second one with Tammy. He sent me the link, and I totally forgot to watch it. Yeah. Yeah, I watched that one. that was very interesting. It's it doesn't follow the plot line of the first one, but yeah. I think it does have to set up into the third one. He's got that kid has some ideas. Did you hear any of his music? No, I've uh, well, I did like an unplugged video for him probably like a month ago. Oh, cool! At his house at his ba- at his parents' place, um, and that was fun. He just had like guitar with an amp, and he was just yeah singing raw so he um, sent me something that he had on spotify and it's on my daily playlist and it comes on and i I really like it it's a um it's kind of this unique like i'm trying to think it's like it's like very modern it's like slowed down like not like rap r&b indie pop and he he might hate that description (laughs) you're listening michael no, uh, send it to me because I want to listen to it. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, I'll, yeah, I'll definitely look that up because yeah. he's um, what his name is? Spike Lowry. Yes. Yeah. Um, I can't believe he didn't send it to you. He, the only reason I saw it is because he, he sent it. You know, he might have, but uh, oh, okay. Might have just got lost in translation. Um, so you're working on the podcast and podcast. You're doing some editing and you're doing some. Yeah, and some bushwhacking in the back. Anything bush. else? That is about it. So anyway, this is your plug time. So this is. Oh yeah, I forgot yeah, about that. Yeah, I don't know. Follow me if you um, want. <laughs> Do wow, that's that <laughs> at Dom really. Dom I really. <laughs> I, I have a Twitter, to... which is mostly me just retweeting things that I think are important or funny, and I uh, I'm on Instagram, and I try to keep things up i'm really bad at social media in the sense of like promoting stuff because i Mm -hmm. i get tired of it and i i i don't know it's a lot of work i wish i had i wish i had a more interesting uh i was gonna say i wish you had told me that you were gonna ask me to plug but that wouldn't change a damn thing like i would have said the exact same stuff so um but it's cool i mean i i i like to also say thank you for asking me to be honest i saw i saw that you had this podcast and i was interested to see like what kind of people are you do you pretty much stay local to atlanta with the people you have on it yeah I th- um i think being that everyone's kind of restricted to their homes i think this kind of opportunity for you know zoom conferencing for podcasts right. we'll probably be able to open that up more to other people right um like there's a uh, a friend of mine that lives in la that i'd like to podcast with her um but what is she doing in LA? I think she, she runs her own company with not her own company, a co-partner company called she TV media. And they focus on like 
women empowerment content. And um, nice. yeah, I've worked with her in the past. And so I'd like to just kind of get up to speed and see what she's doing with that. So cool. Well, yeah, but, I'm glad I added it to my Spotify playlists. Dope. Um, I listened to a little bit of Michael's mm-hmm. and a little bit of, oh, she has, a, her name starts with an A, I think. I don't know. Anyway, but I, you know, I like, hey. I liked it. So it was kind of cool. Did you know, um, since we're talking about music, Christina has some songs. No, I had on, no idea. On SoundCloud. I know what? Yeah, on SoundCloud. Ah, Is her name I, on there the same? Christina Lidl? It Lidl? might be. It's Lidl? been a... Lidl? Lidl? Wait, we still don't know how to say her name? It's Lidl. She, okay, don't... No, seriously, I think it's Lidl. You guys, for the longest... You also told me... <laughs> you, weren't, you didn't tell me how to say your last name, which I still... I think I know now is Velik. Because I called you Velik. I hate... I hate this... No, Velik is right. Okay, um, good. <laughs> yeah, no, I was like, I think Michael, I think I was on Michael's playlist on Spotify. This is a, this is probably like a year ago. Um, yeah. And like, I don't know how, if it was like suggested because maybe they are following each other, whatever it may be. I'm actually trying to pull it up right now. Uh, but I was like, what in the actual hell? <laughs> so I are think there's like, uh, no, I think they were, like at that time, they were like six months to a year. Pretty much all of the stuff that I have on Spotify is from acapella music. Mm-hmm. Acapella music I did after my acapella uh, group, which is called Acapology from NC State. And then I have one Christmas song. I did a Oh Holy Night on my friend's Christmas album. Really? Um, it's one of my favorite arrangements uh that i've ever done but um it's not my song so i can't take any credit but so i can plug that uh but uh if you're in the mood for christmas music in april of course uh, but that's that's pretty much i'm trying to think of the i don't know but i have like a a, a full out written list of all the things that we've talked about so i can go look at um look at you all these uh, (laughs) uh you know westworld and trace pilot and obviously Christina's SoundCloud is going to be really important. I'm, yeah. I'm downloading the app right now. I'm, I'm going to try to sign in probably after this. I'll tr- try to send you the links if I can find them. Please do. Yeah. I was really surprised by it. So, but anyway, all that being said, I want to thank you, Dom for coming on and yeah. having a conversation learning more about who you are and your process and learning how to spell your last name. G-R-E-C-O. Thank you. All right. Thank you all. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.